Thanks for tuning in to 318 Live Podcast. If this is your first time, we want you to know that you are loved. And we're praying for you. We're praying that each message will encourage you no matter what journey you find yourself in. We hope you enjoy this message. Your generation is twice as likely not to be in a premarital sexual relationship. So why? Because you guys are holy, right? Because you're righteous. Because you love Jesus. Because you grew up in Sunday school. Because you got baptized and you was 12. Because your parents and your grandmama's been praying for you. No, it's because you don't want to be emotionally committed to people. I was hoping for another answer. I was listening. I was rooting for you guys as I was reading. I was like, yes, look at these guys go. Twice as likely not to be in a sexual relationship. And I'm not talking about twice as likely not to be in a sexual relationship as it relates to like the 70s movement, okay? Because that wouldn't be impressive at all because everybody was having sex, right? But twice as likely not to be in a sexual relationship according to the generation previous to you. Do you know that in all of history that's probably never happened? And so when I began to read, why, why is your generation, why is your generation so quick to not have sex when my generation was so quick to figure out how we could have sex? And then I realized it's because your generation lacks the desire not to be in a sexual relationship, but to be in an emotionally committed relationship. In other words, you're afraid of where sex may lead. Isn't that crazy? My generation was trying to lead to sex. Your generation's afraid of where sex is going to take you. Because there's a fear that if you get into a sexual relationship, then the chances increase that you're going to have to get into a long-term relationship. So you choose to be emotionally Unavailable. I thought this was interesting, too, because whenever I shared that with someone, they said there's no way that that statistic is correct. Why? Because the interesting thing is, is that even though your generation is, is, is slower to jump into bed with somebody, you're quicker to tell people about it when you do. In other words, the shame aspect of being in a sexual relationship before marriage has been dissolved. We, we have movies like Fifty Shades of Grey, which don't clap because that'd be a bad moment right now for you. Don't clap. We, we have movies like, listen, so popular that they had to make another one. But do you understand that the whole movie basis, and I have not seen it, so don't accuse me of it. The whole basis of the movie is how to be sexually intimate without being emotionally connected. That's the whole basis of the movie. The whole basis of the movie is it's okay for you to be in a sexual relationship and not have an emotional connection or a long-term commitment with somebody. In fact, the whole rules of the game were when this is over, it's over. And so your generation is being raised in such a way not to see sex as unholy. No, in fact, one, one young man was was notated as saying, I'd just rather watch porn. Because if I watch porn, I don't have to take them out to eat later. I don't have to call them on the phone later. I don't have to be emotionally invested later. In other words, I would would rather just sort of get my kicks from a fantasy rather than a reality. But isn't that your generation? Isn't that where we're going in society? That we strive for fantasy and we're disconnected from reality? You know how many young men I meet your age that spend hours and hours and hours of their day playing video games that aren't real? They're addicted to a world that's not real. It's fantasy, but they're addicted to that world. Why? Because that world allows them to escape reality. But girls, we do the same thing. And I said we like I'm one of you. 
we create fantasies that are far removed from reality. And then we compare our reality to our fantasy, and when he don't match up to your fantasy, you don't allow him in your reality. Well, I know you needed help. That's why I gave it to you. So God creates man, right? God creates man, and, and he is good. Yeah. Right, fellas? Yeah. God created man. He said, it is good. <laughs> yes, it is. And God said, but it is not good for man to be alone. So the Bible says that God searched for a suitable helpmate for man. But none was to be found among the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, and the fish of the sea. Hey, men say amen. Thank God. Thank the Lord himself, because there's nobody else to thank, that he didn't go. Man, you know, really, the baboon's not bad. I mean, it could work. You're a mammal, they're a mammal. It's kind of the same. Thank God that he kept going and said, but not a suitable mate was found for man. So God took a rib from a man and created a woman, and it's his best work to this day. Men say amen. I'm giving you opportunity, fellas. Nobody should leave single tonight. You should have shouted me down right there. That's right. You, that's where you should have been. On your feet, applaud. You go, God. Women. God created woman, and it was love at first sight. It was love at first sight. In fact, Adam said, you were You're, you're mine. You were created for me. And I love the fact he didn't say, look, I mean, you're cute. Standing there all naked and all. Looking like bamboo and pow. But I'm just not at a place in my life right now <laughs> where I'm looking to be emotionally committed so maybe we could hang out, have dinner, see a movie, go our separate ways, see how this thing plays out. No, man. My boy was like, let's make babies. Let's populate the earth. My man had the best pickup line ever. If we don't, who will? And it worked. Next thing you know, there's Cain and there's Abel. And God only knows how many came after that. My man enjoyed having sex. It was a good life. And then the fall. And then the awareness of their nakedness. Do you realize if they wouldn't have messed up, we'd all still be standing here naked? I mean, that would be great for you. I don't know how that would be for me, but that would be great. I mean, you, you know, you guys have a good view right now. I don't know, really. I mean, there's a lot of you and one of me to look at. It would be awkward for me. You only got to look at one naked person. I got to look at like 150. It would just be weird. But we'd be sitting here right now naked. But the Bible says as soon as sin entered into the world, man was aware of his nakedness. And he covered himself. And Eve covered herself. And then because of their awareness of their nakedness and of their shame, they hid themselves not only physically from each other, but physically from God. That's what happens when impurity creeps into our life. We begin to hide ourselves physically from each other and then physically from God. People, you know, so I told you that your generation is, is, is slower to get into bed with each other, but it's not, again, it's not because you have a moral standard or a moral view. It's, in, in fact, they interviewed several girls, and the girls said, it's not because I'm saving myself for marriage. Like, even the thought of that is ridiculous. What? No, it's just because I'm busy. Yeah, 
guy said, listen, I don't have a moral high ground here. It's, it's not because I think that sex before marriage is wrong. I'm just not ready to be intimately involved with someone on a long-term basis. So you guys are leaning toward abstinence more so than the generation previous, but you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. You're not doing it because it's, it's, it's biblical. You're not doing it because it's in the Word of God. You're not doing it. In, in fact, many are questioning that God even has an opinion about sex before marriage. So I'm just going to lay that to rest real quick if I can. Three times in the Old Testament, the Bible says if a man encounters a woman, one, one chapter, one verse says seizes her, the other one says seduces her. I tend to think that the seizing is more based on the seducing. It says if a man sees a woman and seduces her into having sex with him and they are caught, he must pay the woman's father the price of a virgin and make her his wife, and she must be his wife until they die. So if you were ever curious about God's stance on sex as it relates to marriage, I don't know that we could get any plainer than that. We don't have to dig into some theological word study to understand that principle. That if a man seduces a woman into having sex with him before they are married, that man must pay the father the price that a groom would have paid to make her his bride. And he must remain, the Bible is very specific, he must remain married to her for the rest of his life. In other words, for no reason can he put her away. And the Bible goes farther to say that if the father refuses to allow the man to receive the woman, the man must pay double the price of the virgin to the father. God had a very specific stance on sex and marriage. People say, well, you know, when you read the Bible, you don't see people getting married. No, because they entered into something called a covenant that couldn't simply be broken because he said, she said, I don't like what they said. So we're concerned about the fact that there was no marital matrimony when God said, no, it's a covenant established not only between a man and a woman, but between a man, a woman, and their creator. And then there was a responsibility on their part to maintain the covenant even in those moments where they didn't like each other. And can I tell you something? After being married 22 years, there are going to be moments that you won't like each other. But you don't stay married because you like each other. You stay married because you made a commitment to each other. And if you'll remain faithful to the commitment, you'll, rem you'll be reminded of why you love the person in the first place and your relationship will be restored. But we're not talking about marriage tonight because the reality is the majority of you sitting in this room ain't trying to put a ring on it. Not trying to enter into that. Most of you will live with your parents to an age that you can start drawing retirement. That's a little extreme. It's not quite that bad. My generation was trying to get out of the house at 17. Broke. Living on 99 cent hamburgers. Ramen noodles. We go to Walmart, get a 15 piece chicken for $2.99 and eat that for a week. Just so we didn't have to live at home. Be wearing our clothes dirty. Stanky, funky, wrinkly, holes in them. We didn't care. It wasn't because it was a trend. It's because it, we didn't have nobody to wash them for us. And we dang sure couldn't afford to put the quarters in the washing machine and then the dryer. We were trying to get out of the house. Even if it meant that we would have nothing. We was driving beaters. Beaters broke down hoopty mobiles. Not one hubcap matched on the car, but we didn't care. Radio didn't have no knobs on it. You got to get a pair of pliers to change the channel. That's real. Ellis Wright is real. Ellis always trying to call me out on my illustrations. That's real. Thank you. Be driving around broke. 
but out of our parents' house. Since I've been involved with 318 Live, I'm amazed. I say, well, how old are you? Uh, uh, 25. 25, awesome, awesome. What do you do? do? I'm still trying to figure that out. Cool, okay, nothing. That's that's another answer for you don't do anything. (laughs) Where do you stay at? Oh, you know, well, you know, right now I'm in between places. You live with your parents. I know what you're saying. You ain't saying it, but I know what you're saying. And then my next question is not going to be who you dating. Why? Because you don't do nothing, and you ain't got nowhere to take them. Say, girl, you want to, um, I can't afford to do that. You want to go, you want to go to, uh, you want to go to my house, well, my parents' house, and uh, and catch a movie on, on their Netflix? <laughs> Ladies, what should your answer be? Thank you. No! Get a job, get your own Netflix, and call me back. My daddy raised me to say, my daddy raised me like this. He said, son, if you can't afford to pay for her dinner, don't invite her. That's the way my daddy raised me. Can I just raise you for a second? Man, can I just raise? I I quoted something on Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you should, but it's your loss. But if you don't, um, I just attended a man's funeral, Darrell Tuberville, just a a man that I loved deeply, just an incredible man. And and someone who was speaking about him made a statement, and I, I, I Instagrammed the statement. He said, someone has to make the men of this world. I, I never really considered that, that, that men are made. They're not born. Boys are born. You heard me? Boys are born. Men are made. And, and it's somebody's responsibility to make the men of the world. And, and, and some of us, for, for so long, our fathers have been so absent in our lives, maybe not physically, but emotionally, relationally that we have failed to make the men of the next generation. And, and so if I, can just, if I can just make a deposit, men, in your lives, if, if you want her, work for her. If, if she's worth having, then she's worth working for. And, and if you want to wanna date her, then, then, then get you a job. I don't care what it's doing. Get you a job. Make you a couple of dollars. And then take her out, and even if it's to Dairy Queen or Whataburger, treat her like a queen, and pay for her meal, and put your phone down. In fact, just turn it off, because you can't afford the data know-how, because your parents are paying for that. You ain't got to that point yet where you can get your own data plan, okay? So just turn the data off, turn the phone off, put it down, leave it behind, and make her the priority of your time. And you'll be surprised that you don't have to take her to the best restaurant. You don't have to drive the nicest car. You don't have to wear the most expensive clothes. You just got to make her prized and important above everything else. See, when she becomes the treasure rather than your stuff becomes the treasure, you got a better chance of winning her. I want Emily taking her to Whataburger and having a pine cone fight in a park that night. Why? Because that's what I could afford. I was broke. I saved up for a week to ask the girl to go to Whataburger. I'm borrowing money from everybody. Say, man, can I hold a dollar? That's work. Okay, I don't care who you, that's work. (laughs) I didn't go to my parents and say, can I hold $20? I had to find 20 different individuals to give me a dollar. That's work. (laughs) I had to walk all over campus to get $20. Could have got it faster picking up cans. I'm telling you, I worked hard for that $20. But when I got it, I was like, say, girl, can I holler at you? while me and you go out and get something to eat on Friday night. Okay. Where are we going? I'm going to surprise you. <laughs> Don't tell everything. That's not when you say, what a burger? Well, you know, I'm busy. No. 
you make it magical. You pick her up, you, you open the door, fellas. You, you, get the, you go around the car. Now, listen, we was doing this when you couldn't push a button and unlock it. We actually had to get the keys out. Okay, so if I can get the keys out and get the door, you can push the button and get the door. Push the door, boop, boop, unlock it, open the door. Wait on him to get fully in the car. Too many dudes get jumpy and nervous. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Was you, you didn't get your foot. You okay? You okay? I need to take you to quick care. Okay. <laughs> you got insurance because I can't afford to pay for it. <laughs> I hope you own Obamacare because we... <laughs> That's going to be broke. Uh, Wait for her to get in. Close the door. Now, woman, if you're a good woman and he don't have a beep beep because he broke, reach across the freaking car and unlock the door for the boy. Just get the door. I still remind my wife, I've been married 22 years, I'm still telling my wife, because I don't have a beep-beep. My beep-beep's broke. So I get the car from my wife 22 years later. Why? Because you keep them with what you win them with. Some of y'all wonder why your relationship don't last more than three months, because you started strong, you ended weak. So 22 years later, baby, let me get that door for you. It's also, well, now it's for married people. It's also a great opportunity to check that behind now when she get in the car, ain't it? <laughs> He's married. I can tell him. The rest of y'all didn't hear that. You didn't even hear it. You don't even know I just said it. Just right over your head. You get the door. Get the door. She knows now. She reaches over, gets the door. I get in. Boom. Then you tell her, where are we going? Girl, I'm going to take you to get the best hamburger in Texas. Because we were at, we were we were in college at Texas. I'm gonna take you to get the best hamburger in Texas, girl. Don't that sound more impressive than we going to Whataburger? Yeah, it does. Is it a lie? I don't know. We going to Whataburger. We went to Whataburger. We pulled up. I said, "You just get whatever you want." Guys, let her order first. You might not eat that day. <laughs> Listen, if she's worth it, you'll make the sacrifice. You might just be eating a Junior Frosty. That might be all you get. Oh, you ain't going to get nothing? You know I ain't real hungry. I ain't real hungry. I didn't know you was going to order four hamburgers and three large fries, strawberry shake, and a large Coke. I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know. And then you order, and then you pay for it. And then you sit down, and you do something that your generation's not good at. You talk. You have a freaking conversation. You say, about what? Fellas, about her. So, I mean, tell me about yourself. I mean, dang. Girl, you look good tonight. You know how good you look. Don't act like you don't. You know you look good, girl. Golly. Woo. You know, the best woman in here. Of course, it's Whataburger. That's not a real stretch. You know what I'm saying? You ain't trying to. It ain't, that ain't a real high level to meet, but, you know, you're the best looking girl in here. I mean, you know, what do you, what do you like to do? What do you like to do? Guys, this is, this is how you, your generation. I saw a dude ask a girl yesterday if he could walk her home. It went like this. It was, it, was a, it was a great thing. Like, I was like, all right, step up, brother, step up. He's like, so um, uh, uh, I'm walking home anyway. You want me to walk you home? Dude, you got to try that again. That sucked, okay? Not I'm walking home anyway. Do you want me to walk you home? Okay, because one, you just admitted you don't have a car, all right? <clears throat> Two, you sounded real desperate. Three, make it about her, not about you. Let's try again. Your generation struggles to have a conversation. It, it, it's Look, check it out. So, hey, what do you like to do? What are your interests? Really? Oh, my gosh. Tell me more about that. You don't care, guys. You don't care. Girls, we don't care. 
Don't expect us to care. It's not in our nature to care. We don't want to know about your calligraphy that Ellis was telling us about. We don't care. But guys, fake it till you make it. Tell me more about that. So you go to a class. Really, they have books. You practice. Wow, that's awesome. Man, what do you want to do? I mean, you, you, you're interested in art. You want to be an artist? You want to? No? Okay. It's cool, man. You know, what kind of music do you like? Change the subject. It's okay. What kind of music you into? What are you studying? What are your dreams? Where do you want to go? What's your favorite place on, the, on, on earth? What's your favorite food? Not hamburgers. Okay, good to know. We got that. Your generation doesn't know how to talk. Do you know why you don't know how to talk? Because you rarely have conversation. This is how you talk. But this isn't conversation. Too much is lost in translation when you're texting or posting or double-clicking. I mean, you gotta, you got to learn how to have a conversation. Ladies, you need to learn how to talk back. One-word answers aren't any good. So are you having a good time? Yep. Okay, good. How's your hamburger? It's good. Okay. Um, do you like music? Yep. Tell me about your last boyfriend. Then they, I'm just telling you right there. Boom. Now open up. Man, guys, God said it, it wasn't good for man to be alone, so God made woman. And, and, and God has intended from the beginning of time for man and woman to have relationship with each other. In, in fact, it was so important to him that even in the scriptures, he, he, he likened it to to Christ's relationship with the church. He, he tells the husbands, husbands, love your wife even as Christ loved the church, that he gave himself up for her. As people ask all the time, well, how, how do I know if they're the one, though? Well, first of all, that's too much pressure for the first date. <laughs> Second of all, only time will tell. Okay, okay, we, we fast food date, Right? We pull up to the menu, we order. If it doesn't come out like we like it, we don't go back there again. That's the reality. And so we put all this pressure on people, and, and, and we, we, we go, well, I don't know. I don't know if I want to date them. What if they're not the one? What if they are? But that's not something you're going to find out on date one. You, you, you might not find out on date 10. So, so here's what you got to do. You got to invest time. How do I know if he's the one? How do I know if she's the one? If you don't know, then you haven't invested enough time. Because you, you will know when they're not the one. Amen. Amen. Some of us been on them dates. Nope. Right. Swipe left. <laughs> Block. Swipe, block, not interested, no. Okay, wasn't you. You got to invest time. But you got to get un uncomfortable in the way that you spend time with people. I, I was talking to Ellis earlier. I said, Ellis, you know what's amazing to me about your generation is, is we'll, go, we'll go to a restaurant. I'll go to a restaurant, and I'll see a group of you <laughs> sitting at a table all like this. You don't know how to talk. Uh, let me challenge some of you. Tonight, when you leave this place and you go out, put your phone down. Leave it in the car. Put it in your pocket. Don't take it out. Put it in your purse. Keep it there. And have a relationship with the people sitting across from you. You may be surprised to find out that the one that you've been looking for has been sitting at your table all the time. And sometimes we're like, I don't understand. I can't find them. They're not here. It's the Aladdin syndrome. Did anybody watch Aladdin when you grew up? I loved Aladdin. But, but I talked about the fact how girls lived in, 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 with an Aladdin syndrome. 
they're looking for their prince, and he's right there in front of them the whole time. But they fail to see it. They want someone who will treat them right. They want someone who will be kind. They want someone who's generous. They want someone who's compassionate. They want all these things, and there they are. But we don't allow ourselves to see them. Guys, I know that I'm not really, like, giving you points, and I know you're not going to be walking away with A, B, C, and a point, and it's not going to happen tonight. But I hope that, that somehow through the humor, you're beginning to understand that your generation's moving the right direction. It's just going there for the wrong reason. And if you want to understand relationship, then you have to practice having relationship. Probably none of you the first time you were thrown into the deep end of the water were great swimmers. You probably flailed around a lot, slapped the water a lot. It was probably real ugly. It looked just like your first date. That's okay. You don't stop swimming. You go back and you try again. Do, do you know why I'm married and you're not? Because I didn't give up. And some of you because God hadn't brought the right person in your life right now, and that's cool, but... Because I didn't give up. My story with my wife is not one where I walked in and said, say, girl. And she said, hey, man. And I said, me and you. And she's like, for sure. And that was the end of it. No. For those of you that don't know my story, I'll tell it to you quickly. I remember the day that she walked in. So do all of my friends. We was like, dang. We went to a small school, small private school in Marshall, Texas. Everybody knew everybody. I knew I'd never seen her before. All my friends knew they'd never seen her before. She was a new incoming freshman. I was like, man, y'all see that girl? See that girl? <laughs> say, girl. Hey. hey. You know, like, say, girl. Where she can't hear us. Say, girl. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> you know, we're having a conversation. She don't even know she's in it. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. No, I'm taking her out. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, no, no not, if I, not if I take her out first. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm just telling you. Okay, it's on. It's on. All right, we'll see. Right? She don't even know. And so I made it a point. Guys, let me, let me tell you something. If you're going to be in a relationship, you're going to have to do this thing called pursue, which means you're going to have to prioritize her. So you don't get her to work around your schedule. You work around her schedule. So I found out her schedule. Right? I put my spies on the inside. Called some of my girlfriends that I wasn't interested in that way. You know, we was friend friends. And I said, hey, I need, you to, I need you to let me know when she's, like, in the common area. Because at my college, you couldn't go into the girls' rooms. That was a no-no. You can only hang out in the common area. I said, you got to let me know when she's in the common area. You got to hit me up. You got to, you know, hit a brother on a beeper because we had beepers, okay? Don't be, don't be, I mean, just, just, just hit me. Just hit me 911, I'll know. 911, I'll know. Just hit me. Just hit me on the pager, right? So I'd be anywhere, other side of campus, beep, 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 911, got to go. Got to go. Got to go. Right? And I, I, I would walk in. I would walk into the common area. I'd be like, hey, because I knew everybody. Hey, what's happening? And she would walk out of the common area. And at first I thought, man, this is coincidence. You know what I'm saying? Like, every time the timing is just not, I'm like, y'all got to page me faster. Pays me faster. Like, by the time I get here, she's leaving. Every time she's leaving, I don't understand. And so this went on, seriously, for like two weeks, two weeks. Now, listen, why am I married to this woman? Because I didn't give up. I could have gave up after three times of walking in and her walking out. I could have went, well, just, you know what? I could have went real spiritual. I went to a, a Christian guy. Well, God, it just must not meant to be. God, you must not want me to be with her because she'd be leaving every time I'd be coming in. So finally, I'll never forget, two weeks later, I walk in, it's nighttime. It's nighttime. Ain't nobody going nowhere. It's nighttime, right? We all hanging out, probably watching Aladdin on the movie screen, right? I walk in. I, I didn't come in hot. I didn't come in hot this time. I came in quiet. She was sitting on the couch, sitting on the couch in between like three other people. It was, a three, it was, it was like a three-person couch, four people on it. I'm like, oh, yeah, she wedged. She wedged. She can't get up fast. She wedged. I'm looking for opportunity. If you're in pursuit, you're always looking. Listen, the hunter is always looking for the opportunity. I see the opportunity. She's wedged. She can't get up quick. So I come in. Hey, girl. How you doing? My name's Brandon. 
She shook my hand. She was polite. Raised in Texas. She said, hi, I'm Emily. Next question. Hey, I can't help but notice every time I come in the room, you walk out. What's that about? How many of you know I looked like I was drowning right then? How many of you know all the other people sitting on the couch was like, dude, that sucks. You ought to hit reset and try again. That was bad. True story. I don't like you. That's real. You could call her right now. She said, I don't like you. Most of you would have gave up. I'm persistent. Like me. Baby girl, you don't know me. But you give me the opportunity, I promise you'll love me. Call her. Call her. Call her. Listen, I might have jumped in the water looking like I didn't know what I was doing, but I was straight swimming whenever I got done. Okay? It wasn't going to end like that. I said, why don't you give yourself a chance to know me? You might decide that you like me. She said, what you got in mind? I said, let's hang out. She said, when? I said, right now. Sat straight on her lap. Because I knew what I wanted. Sat straight on her lap. She said, are you for real right now? I said, absolutely. And we started talking. Did I know by the end of the night that she was the one? No! I wasn't even trying to think was she the one. I was trying to figure out how I was going to get enough money to take her to Whataburger. <laughs> Throw pine cones at each other. She's from Texas. She liked that. You don't know. That's how my relationship with my wife started. How did I know, how did I know when the relationship began to change from I like you to I'm in love with you, though? I'm going to tell you how it happened for me. This is not how it's going to happen for you. This is how it happened for me. Real story. Sounds real spiritual. I'm sorry for that. I'm going to share this story. I'm going to call the band up. We're going to be done because I could keep you here all night telling you my stories. Real story. We've been dating for, I don't know, five, six months. I knew that there was nothing about her I didn't like. But I could not have told you in that moment, oh, yeah, no, she the one. I didn't know. And I was afraid of making a till death do us part mistake. How many of you understand? I was afraid of committing myself to something that might be a mistake. And so I found myself back in Shreveport for the weekend. And I had been wanting, you, you won't even know what this is because you might. I wanted a thin line, silver-leafed, black leather, NIV Bible. That sounds real spiritual, doesn't it? <laughs> I had been wanting a thin line, silver-leafed, black leather, NIV Bible for a long time. And I had finally gotten enough money to get one. Because my daddy, when he bought me a Bible, when I found Jesus, he bought me a leather-bound, family-sized, giant-print Bible. So when I went to church, everybody knew I loved Jesus more than they did. That mother looked like a briefcase coming in. Excuse me, you're going to have to move down so my Bible has a place so it can sit. Had a zipper on that mother. Preachers. Preachers used to get up and say, open your Bible to Genesis chapter 3. We'll wait on Brandon. You got it? Okay, good. And man, don't ever tell me you're about to close. Right in the middle of your message. I got it. Right? Don't tell me you're about to close. I'm going to zip up on you. So this is what I've been carrying since I, since I found Jesus. I was 15 years old when I found Jesus. I've been carrying this Bible from 15 to 19. This has been my Bible four years. This is how long I've been trying to get the money to get a thin line. Silver-leafed, 
black leather, NIV Bible. That mug was like 60 bucks. That was expensive. The smaller the Bible, the more expensive it got. I didn't understand. I finally had like $60 in my pocket. And I remember I went to Christian Life Tapes and Books. It just gets more and more spiritual all the time. They're not even open no more, I don't think. Christian Life Tapes and Books, it was on Jewel, I think. And I walk in, and they had it, my Bible. I was so excited. So I went, and I got it. I went up to the register. I'm standing at the register. This is how I listen. This is how I knew. I'm standing at the register. And as I'm standing there, I began to think about Emily's Bible. Don't tell me. I, I don't know why. I started thinking about Emily's Bible because we've been to church multiple times together. That's, that's one good way of knowing if they might be the right one. You went to church multiple times together. I dated some people I went to church with one time to get, they weren't the one. But we've been to church multiple times together. And as I'm standing there getting my Bible, I began to think about her Bible. And every time we would go to church, she would bring her purse. And in her purse, she had the exact opposite of my Bible. It looked like a Gideon Bible. It was like, it was leather bound. It was like, but it had a zipper like mine. So we both had zippers, but hers was like, zip, zip, and mine was like, zip, 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 zip. Like, she could zip hers like six times before I could zip mine, you know. And, and so she had this look. I mean, it's like the lighting had to be good. Like, it was, I'm like, so most of the time I was like, you want to you look on? I'm going to need you, I'm going to need you to help, though. We be asking the people behind, you want to get in on this? You want to get? Like, I mean, the pastor could have held my stuff up. We didn't have this, right? This is back in overhead projection. My pa- pastor could have just held it up and said, "See right here." People in the back row could have seen it. I'm telling you, that's how big my Bible. I'm not even. I still got this Bible. It's in my treasure box. Oh yes, sir. So it was the first flower I ever gave my my wife in the treasure box. Yes, Lord. Treasure box. You know, that's another story for another day. We don't have time. I'm standing there, and I'm fixing to buy this Bible, and I'm thinking about this little bitty tiny Bible that she has. And I'm thinking, man, that must be horrible to have to try and read that Bible on a daily basis, like quiet time with that Bible and church with that Bible and, 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 a, and a, you know, like a, a small group setting with that Bible, you know. Emily, could you read out a... <clears throat> Brennan, can I hold your Bible? Right? I mean, like, it's, it's just so, I'm like, it's not even practical. So, all of a sudden, her having a better Bible was more important to me than me having a better Bible. And so, I, I, I told the lady, she, she's ringing up the black Bible. She, she, and I've already filled out the card. I'm going to get my name <laughs> put on my Bible. Because that's what we did back in the day. We put our name on our Bible. And I've already filled out the card. And I said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. Can you hold on just a second? Because I remember when I was getting my black Bible, there was a rose-colored Bible, thin-lined, gold-leaved NIV Bible. And I said, I, I, I got the wrong one. I wish I could tell you I didn't even know her middle name. We freaking been dating for like seven months. I don't even know her middle name. I take my Bible back. I get this rose-colored Bible. I take the Bible back to the lady. I call her roommate. Because, guys, you don't never want to admit you didn't know until it's time to admit that you didn't know. And this wasn't that time. I called her roommate. I said, hey, this is, keep, it on the, keep it on the down low. What's her middle name? Is she in the room? Walk outside and she in the room. <laughs> this is in the day where you had a cord attached to your phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, you had the long cord so you could go in the other room for privacy, right? You just stretch that joker. You know what I'm saying? You just stretch it. Just stretch, and then close the door on it. Hey, it's K. K-A-E. K-A-E. Okay, hey, the Eagles landed. The Eagles landed. Got to go, right? And from that moment forward, her needs always superseded my needs. And when her needs were more important than my needs, that's when I knew she's the one. Listen to me. 
if their needs are not yet at a place that they supersede your needs, you're not ready. Christ said, husbands, love your wife even as Christ loved the church, that he laid his life down for her. In other words, her life has got to take priority above your life. Her needs have got to take priority above your needs. Her wants have got to be prioritized above your wants. Her desires have got to be prioritized above your desires. Now, you say, guys... That doesn't seem fair. Relationship, love, is not about fair. It's about faithfulness. It's about faithfulness. And if her needs don't supersede your needs, then you will struggle to be faithful to her. But ladies, the same is true for you. See, you need to understand that he doesn't think like you think, but that's okay. He's not supposed to. And you've got to be understanding and patient when he doesn't seem to understand what you're trying to say because you're trying to say it in a way that only a female could understand it. And you've got to be willing to step back from the situation and look at him and say, baby, I'm so sorry. I just said that way girl. So let me try and say it way man. you got to prioritize his wants, his desires, his needs. You've got to put him above you. And when both parties take that mindset, there is nothing that they cannot overcome together. I hope that tonight, and I'm just going to have the band come back up. We're not going to have a big invitation time. I just, just want to have a time of reflection tonight, though. I hope that tonight that, that you understand this. That when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And you don't need to be in a hurry to get married. Okay? I'm not pressing marriage. But you need to begin to practice relationship. Because the longer you wait to practice relationships, the longer it's going to take for you to be ready to get married. And every person you go out with doesn't need to be the one. It's okay to go out with someone and just have a good time, have a great conversation, share a meal, give them a hug at the end of the night. That's okay. You're not leading someone on. Now, if you go out with them 20 times and let them pay for the meal, then you might be exceeding the limit and you might be leading someone on. The world has skewed the perception of what relationships are. Your 3,235 friends on here don't add up to anything if you don't have friends apart from this. Because these people, as much as they may love your post and love your photos and love your pictures and love everything and love all your quotes and love all of that, they don't love you because they don't know you because they've never seen you, met you. They, they don't know you in your t moment of victory. They don't know you in your moment of defeat. They don't know you in your moment of tragedy. They haven't walked with you through the toils of life. Guys, we've got to be better relationship builders. And here's the thing. If the kingdom of God is built upon relationships, then shouldn't we be the best at them? I'm not just talking about sexual relationships. I'm just talking about relationships in general. Shouldn't we get better at them? And if, if evangelism is dependent upon us being able to verbalize the love of God to others, then shouldn't we learn how to talk? Shouldn't we practice speaking? Some of you need to challenge yourself to get out of your shell and begin to walk up to people you don't know and start a relationship, start a conversation with them, give them an opportunity to know you, and take an opportunity to know them. Then if we want to see the kingdom of God grow, then we don't just have to do that by multiplication sexually, which is a good way to do it. Amen. Appreciate the Tidwells adding to the kingdom of God through multiplication. 
But we need to begin to do that through multiplication relationally. And there are people out there who need to know that there is a God who deeply and desperately loves them and has a plan for their life. Who gave everything he had for them even when they were at their worst. This will never be a substitute for real relationship. You're amazing. People don't know it. You're created in the image of God. He knit you together in your mother's womb. Because your mom and dad enjoyed sex too. Some of you went, really? One day you'll be the mom and dad, so it's okay. And let me say this to you, because the enemy's been lying to some of you, and the enemy's been telling some of you, because of your age, and because of your situation, because of your circumstance, the enemy's been, been telling you that you will never have someone to share your life with. Ladies, I'm telling you, the enemy whispers in your ear, and I know it. I know the lie, because I've spoke with woman after woman after woman who's heard the same voice and the same lie that has said, you'll never, ever You'll never amount to, to, to enough for the, for the Prince Charming to discover you and to love you and to embrace you. You'll never have the things you desire because you're undesirable. That's the lie of the enemy. It's the lie of the enemy. Straight from the pit of hell. You're amazing. You're incredible. You're God's gift to this world. He created man and said it was good, but he created woman and he stopped. And you don't have to settle for Prince Nobody. You don't have to settle for someone who doesn't love you or respect you, someone who doesn't cherish you, someone who doesn't value, someone who doesn't make you better than you were before you met them. You don't have to settle for that. So don't believe that lie. But men, let me say this to you. You are more than what's in your pants. Do you hear me? This is about men making men. You're more than what's in your pants, okay? We don't need to talk about that, all right? You are so much more than that. You're the... You're the armor bearers. You're the priest. You're the strong protectors. You're the Prince Charmings. And some of you men, let me tell you what, let me tell you what the enemy told you. It didn't work out for your dad, it's not gonna work out for you. Your dad couldn't stay in a relationship, you're not gonna stay in a relationship. Your dad wasn't a good husband, you won't be a good husband. Your dad wasn't a good father, you're not gonna be a good father. Your dad couldn't make it, you're not going to make it. In other words, the enemy's telling you that your dad mistakes are going to be your mistakes. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. You are more than the mistakes of your father because you were created in the image of God. In his likeness. And it is time, men, that we grow up and we start being men. That we start being the leaders that God has called us to be. Here's what's scary to me, is that the women are getting stronger and the men are getting weaker. And it doesn't bother me that the women are getting stronger. It bothers me that the men refuse to rise to the challenge that the women are putting out there and saying, you know what, you might get stronger, but I'm going to get stronger too. Because God's called me to something. He's called me to be a leader. He's called me to be in a place of authority. He's called me to lead out and not wait out for you to go do the things that God's given me to do. Men, our mothers don't need to be the one dragging us to church. Fathers need to be the one bringing their family to church. But you're going to be different. You're going to be different. Every one of you are going to be different. You're going to be the head of the household. You're going to be the one that says, let's take out our Bible tonight and let's read the Word of God together and let's pray together and let's believe God together for a miracle.
You're going to be the one that says, hey, 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 listen, we might sleep in on Saturday, but we're going to get up and go to church on Sunday. And we're not just going to go to church. We're going to serve the house of God. Because that's what we're going to do in this house. You're going to be men who are not afraid to look at your wife and say, I love you. I love you. I cherish you. I adore you. I honor you. You're the better half of me. We're going to be men that utilize our words. We're going to be men that grab our small children. My son's three years old. I kiss him on the lips 300 times a day. I just tell him, kiss, kiss. He just walks by, kiss, kiss. He, he's tired of it. He's like. Three years old, all boy. Can I tell you something? He'll be eight years old and I'll be going, kiss. Kiss. Why? Because I'm going to raise my son to know that it's okay to love someone unconditionally and not be ashamed of the fact that you care more about them than you care about yourself. I'm going to embarrass the crap out of him. Senior prom. Say, son. I might not be the last kiss of your night, but I'm going to be the first. Right? And I want her to see it, too, because I want her to question if she wants to kiss him at the end of the night. You brush your teeth. And you kiss your dad. I ain't kissing you. That's weird. Man, we need men who will be men. Men who, when they, when they see a woman walking out of a door, they get the door, even if it means that they have to wait another 30 seconds to go in the door. Get the door. Men who, when women walk in the room, they stand up. What happened to that, guys? What happened to that? What happened to when a woman walked into a room or walked back to the table? What happened to the days when men, out of respect for women, see, do you, you, Do you want to know why women have this desire to be the dominating factor in the relationship? Because men stop being men. Women, let's just be honest. If a man treated you the way a man should treat a woman, you wouldn't have any problem when he said, no, I want to go to Whataburger. You'd be like, okay. So what happened to the day when a woman walked in and men would stand up? What happened to the day when men would get the chair and let the woman sit down? What happened to that? Listen, men, you need to begin to practice with women that you're not trying to be in a relationship with so that you're ready when the woman you do want to be in a relationship comes around. You need to begin to honor women. And women, you need to begin to honor men. Do you, do you, can I, women, can I just let you in on what men want real quick? I know I said I was going to close, and I didn't, but I'm going to. And I'm not even preaching because I don't have notes. I mean, this is all biblical. If you don't believe it, go read the Bible. Do you know what men want? <laughs> somebody's, somebody's thinking, sex? <laughs> Other than sex? <laughs> do you know what we want? We want affirmation. We want affirmation. Listen, we don't want to be the only ones telling you how good you look. See, we, we, we want women to go, dang, baby, you look good tonight. We want to go. But you mean this? No, it's just a little something. It's just a little something. Girl, you better stop. You like it on, you ought to see it all. <laughs> married, guys. That's married. That's married. That's married. That's married. That's married. It's not for everybody just yet. You, let me just drop a nugget on you women that'll make a man melt. Baby, I'm so proud of you. 
I'm so proud of you. You work so hard. Thank you so much for what you do so that we can have what we have. Oh, no. Babe, what you want? Let's go shopping. You want some shoes? Let's go get you. Come on, girl. Let's get you some shoes. Come on now. Get you a dress to go with it. This is what we want. We just want affirmation. That's all we need. If you affirm a man, he will move mountains for you. Men in my line, thank you. We just want affirmation. Men, women just want respect. If we would just each give each other what we want, this would be so much easier. But it's possible. It's possible. For each and every person in this room tonight, it's possible. You can be in a good relationship. You can be in a healthy relationship. You can be in a godly relationship. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Why is it important? Because your purity matters to God. And if I honor you, then I'm going to protect your purity. Men, do you hear me? If you honor the women of this room and the women of this world, then you're going to protect their purity even from you. That means you might have to go, you know what, I got to go. I got to go. But it's early. I know, but I got to go. <laughs> you know, call me, okay? Call me. I got to go. I got to leave. I got to get to the house. Well, what's going on? You looking like that. That's what's going on. I got to go. Yes, we got to protect their purity. Women, you got to protect our purity. Don't show me more than I want to see. Leave something to my imagination. You got to protect my purity. This ain't about me being legalistic. This is about me saying I'm a man. And I might be born again, but the flesh is still real. You got to protect my purity. Look, when we go dancing, I'm not against dancing. But you don't need to be pumping it and grinding it all up on me. Because you need to protect my purity. You don't need to tell me to go see some movie with you that's got people doing things in it that I want to do with you that I'm not supposed to do with you right now. Protect my purity. Don't be playing your favorite jam when it's talking about us making jam. Protect my purity. I just coined that, by the way. If that goes viral, that's mine. That's mine. Why? And I'm closing. Luke's killing it up there. Why? Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in the holy place? Only those with clean hands and pure hearts. Katie said it so well. We want our purity back. The enemy is after your purity. Why? Because impurity separates you from the presence of God. When impurity entered into earth, Man and woman were separated from the presence of God. Jesus came as a sacrifice, cleansing us with his blood, washing us so that we became purified by the cross of Calvary. And since that time, the devil is still after our purity. Because if he can rob us of our purity, he can rob us of God's presence. Young men, young women, we've got to be pure. Because only the pure of heart can ascend the hill of heaven and stand before the Lord. Be in the presence of the living God. Brendan, how do I have a healthy relationship? Have one that's founded on the basis of purity. Because you can't have purity without involving Jesus. 
So if you want a strong relationship, listen, it doesn't matter if you're dating for the first time, if you're dating for the hundredth time, if you just got married last week, or you've been married 22 years, it's still the same rule. Purity is priority. Just as much as you keep the pre-marriage bed sacred, you keep the marriage bed sacred. Purity is the priority because purity leads to the presence of Almighty God. you and you want to know more about 318 Live, go ahead and visit our website, 318live.co, and we hope that you have the best day ever.